everybody. Happy Quester Tuesday, Oak Island, season 11. This is the time we've been waiting for, guys. Are you hyped? Let's get it going. Hello, everybody. Mozzie, Gloria, Jeff M. Everybody, welcome to the party. The summer is over, and here we go. There's Ashley. There's Caroline. I haven't seen you. I hope you're okay. Daniel, I hope you're good. I'm all pumped up for about 25 minutes. Going to push it to 40 minutes, see how I feel. Hello, Henry. You guys are just fantastic. Thank you for being with me all summer long, hanging on. The show starts tonight. Hello, Tammy. Thanks for coming in. Hello, Sydney. Hello, I can see and hear you. We're ready to go. Don't forget tomorrow. Hello, Scott. Judy will be with me tomorrow with the synopsis. All kinds of screenshots over this two-hour period. And tonight at 10.15 p.m., I'll be on Discord to talk to you guys. Didi. You're just the best. You're really great. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so, so, so much. There's the village. We're ready to dig. See what we can find. Hello, Linda. Stacy, we are ready. All the questers, the guardian. Everybody's psyched up here. I want to thank my supporters. Uh, on the YouTube membership and Patreon, uh, Sandra, Stacy, Sandra, thanks for your re-up. Jupiter, Mark, Becky, Wayne, Alina, Dave, Nelson, Paul, Carol, Virginia, Gary, Rebecca, Caroline, Barbara, Starlene, Jeff, Sandollar, and Roxy, and also Judy and Daniel and Osprey Muyan for all their support all summer long, and also Joanne and Hardaby. Don't forget, when you see the number falling on the screen on the bottom, we will do a call-in uh, with my guest uh, tonight. I got to thank all my moderators for the whole summer. Tammy, Judy, Daniel, Starling, Kathy, and Tanya from Portugal. Also, Jeff M. and Glorio on the YouTube side. I want to thank them so much. So we're going to get right into it. So I don't know how much time I have, but we'll see how it goes. I want everybody to call in when you see the number calling in on the bottom, when you see it scrolling. Uh, what I want to do is introduce uh, my main man, been with me almost a decade, and uh, we'll give a little bit more support to some uh, people that are special, uh, Daniel and Charlotte on the blog, please support them, Tony Sampson, Salty Dog. Get the tour if you can. We don't know about the tours on the island coming up in 2004. We'll let you know. We'll be giving away another hat tomorrow night. So be here. Unbelievable. And my crew. Unbelievable. We work as a family. Been together for years. I thank each and every one of you guys. You guys are the best to make us the best Facebook group, I think, on the Oak Island 
conversations, and podcasts. Thank you. Thank you so much. All righty, guys. Like I said, this friend of mine, almost a decade we've been together, and that's a long time. <laughs> He'll tell you some stories how we met, how we met the Oak Island crew, and he's a great researcher. In fact, he was like the first researcher that I got in contact with, and um, all the rest, I guess, are rookies. This guy is the major researcher. Please give a big hello to my friend, Jeffrey Irving. Hey, everybody. How is everybody tonight? It's so great to be on your show again, John. You know, I love being on this show. Uh, we always have a great time, and you're right. We have, uh, we've known each other since uh, day one. I still am, to this date, your number one fan. And yeah. your number one follower, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I just want to tell the group in the world, we might have a little delay from Jeff in Canada. So have a little pause if when you call in uh, members, and uh, we should be okay. Yes, I, I live out in the country now, and we don't have fiber up here. We're actually on a satellite, and so and it's raining, and it's uh, miserable here today. So uh, you know, yes, you'll have to bear with me. Hi, Gloria. Hello, Tammy, and I'm just watching the name scroll down here. And Steve, nice to see all you guys. Uh, and as John said, it's a call-in show tonight. So when you see the number, 1-323-813-4135, hit me with your best question. I don't care what you want to talk about. We'll we'll answer anything we can. If not, we'll lie, right, John? That's what we you do. Got no, it right, uh, uh, Jeffrey. You're you're my backup tonight. <laughs> so why don't we tell the folks uh, how yeah. we met first, and then how you met the Oak Island team, and got into this staging of your theory with Christopher Columbus being at the number three stage. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh. Well, I mean, it, it's it's been a long time in the works. I mean, I've been uh, working on a theory about the Ark of the Covenant coming to the New World. It had nothing to do with Oak Island for a long time. Um, and then uh, my daughter was born, and then there was no time to, you know, sit and study and all this stuff. And so the research kind of went by the wayside. Um, but then my sister called me up one day, said, you ever seen this show called The Curse of Oak Island? And I said, no. She said, well, you know, you and your, you know, harebrained theory, you know, with uh, Christopher Columbus uh, and the Knights Templar treasure coming to Oak Island might, might be true because they think it is. And it's like, what? And this was season three. I didn't even know this, this, the, the show existed for the first three years. So I had to get on and I had to study all the shows. And, uh, and sure enough, um, I reached out to uh, another researcher that was early on in the show, Petter Amundsen. Uh, I recognized his tree of life, and his tree of life was uh, kind of a, 
a pretty major part of, of my research as well. And we compared notes. And of course, he's he's on the Shakespeare, you know, uh, route. Uh, and yep. I was on more, again, the temple treasure, you know, and things like that. So so that's how it got started. And uh, and then I met Jack Bagley in Nova Scotia uh, just by just by uh, on a uh, trip. And we actually went to Nova Scotia, and I met Jack, and uh, just randomly, and we talked two hours. And he said, "You got to come back and talk to Rick." So I went back and talked to Rick, and uh, and then uh, the producers of the show contacted me and said, "Hey, we'd like to, we'd like you to come down and talk to us." And so, I, and I made a trip down to Nova Scotia, you know, specifically to uh, present my entire theory. Uh, to uh, to most of the crew that were there at the time, and uh, and the producers of the show, and next thing you know, I'm on the show, and yep. uh, you know, at first I was really tickled when I was I think number seven on the very first you know top theory show, yeah. and funny story about a few weeks ago, you know, I woke up and even had my coffee yet, and I get this back. You must be so excited. You're number eight on the new theory show. And I'm going, well, sure. I guess I'm I'm excited to still be in the in the top ten. And then I get another text. It's Jeff, you must be so excited about being number three. And it's like three, what are you talking about? So I reread <laughs> the first message and no glasses on, no coffee. It was three instead of eight. And then it's like, holy shit. Oh, sorry, can't say that on, you know. Anyway, so needless to say, I was uh, I was pretty excited that I got bumped up. So, yep. If we wait another uh, eleven years, maybe you'll be number one. <laughs> I don't think we have to wait that far, John. <laughs> so, because I mean, here's the way I see it. Okay, I mean, when you look at you know, you got Xena number one, uh. and then you got. Uh, the Portuguese, me, and uh, Sir William Sinclair theory. Well, Sinclair was part of my theory. The Portuguese were part of my theory because I firmly believe that Christopher Columbus is Portuguese. That's why he married a, a Portugal woman and had actors. So really, uh, her all kind of partners as well. I didn't, you know, lug them over to Portugal and show them a Roman road or anything. And, you know, and they did uh, uh, somebody else when they went to see the, the, the Sinclair, you know, trip to, uh, to Roslyn. So, you know, but it, it was all part of my original presentation. Columbus being Portuguese and working on behalf of the, the Portuguese crown as well as uh, having rec ties to uh, to uh, the Sinclair family. Yeah. So, I mean, those were, you know, part of. So, you know, I, I think that's where they're going to end up. And, and for some reason, I also believe uh, that for me to literally get bounced up to number three means they have found something that would warrant me getting bumped up to number three. I don't think they bumped me up to number three just because of my good looks or anything. So, you know, so. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. If you get bumped up, 
that means they eliminated a little bit more information below the ratings. And if you moved up, they had to find something else yep. substantial or some kind of research that got you into the top three. Otherwise, you would be dropped right out. You know what I mean, Jeffrey? Well, exactly. I mean, I know they found the piece of leather, the heel, you know, of the boot, right. whatever, and carbon dated that to, you know, as early as 1492. But one thing that um, had never really, I mean, we talked about it in my presentation on the show, but it never made the show. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, I gave them a five-hour presentation and got eight minutes. That's just how just about every researcher that makes presentations uh, has the same result. They talk a lot, but the show picks and chooses what is the easiest thing for them to sell as a theory, if you want to call it that. Um, right. You know, I, I, I said that Columbus uh, was responsible. Uh, I never said he set foot on the island, and I don't know if he did. But the people that worked for Columbus, I believe, are the ones. Uh, there's a lot of people that have gaps in their timeline in history uh, during those times. And I think between the Real brothers, who were Portuguese, uh, literally Ponce de Leon, uh, who came with Columbus on the second voyage, um, there's all kinds of uh, of people that I had direct links to Columbus that I believe were involved with bringing the uh, bringing the the Templar treasure to Oak Island. Okay, uh, my main man Daniel Spino. Of course, everybody sends me things uh, late in the day. Wants to know about the yep. significance of this hand signal. Um. If you can relate of the meeting of this hand signal. Thank you, Jeffrey. Well, I certainly can. It, it's got two different meanings. First of all, the Templars all revered Mary Magdalene. Okay, so there's the thoughts that the symbol is an M. Okay, but there's also uh, another meaning to that symbol, and that is what if you turn the M upside down, yeah. what's it become? W. Right? Well, to me, it, it's the word. Okay, what is the word? Well, the spoken word, of course, technically are the Ten Commandments. What was in the Ark of the Covenant? Supposedly the Ten Commandments. Yep. So they are guardians of the ark. They are guardians of the Ten Commandments. Who revered Mary Magdalene? Um, if you see on my arm, I don't know if you can see that real well or not, there's a there's a tattoo. And that is also a W, which is an upside down. And it's also one of the five major constellations used for sailing. Okay, and it's catch is usually found in the western sky, and of course, you know my whole thing about how Columbus actually sailed, uh, you know, to the New World in the first place. Everybody said it was a mistake, and it was absolutely not a mistake. He knew exactly where he was going, but the symbol itself, uh, um, 
like I said, for most, it is the sign of Mary Magdalene, who they, you know, they revered. Alrighty. Um, let's go over quickly uh, some of the top 10 finds and see if this sort of major rating go up to number three. Jeffrey? Sure. Lot seven, they found a barter token. Uh, it has any influence on our Christopher Columbus? Yep, the barter token, token, yeah. As what? Barter tokens, I mean, they've been around uh, for years. I mean, you, you've got to understand, you know, Oak Island uh, has multiple uses through history. And, yep. and that's proven because there are artifacts that they found all over the map, right? Yep. As far yep. as timelines. So it's not just about, say, Columbus and the Knights Templar, okay? In my belief, that's how Templar treasure got there, okay? But there's been plenty of use on the island since that time. So for a barter token to turn up, Absolutely. There, there's going to be all kinds of things on that island. I have all kinds of artifacts. Uh, you know, when I used to do my old show way back in the yep. day, um, you know, from the island that, that I work, you know, just, you know, on the St. Croix River, I have found mm. a lot of similar items that they have found, you know, as in coinage, as in porcelain, uh, buttons, you know, things like that. And those are all from the, the late 1700, uh, early 1800 era. Yeah. I'm still wondering about that Portuguese stump they found in the swamp years ago that we never heard anything more about it, that there was a tree stump that was from Portugal. Well, it's it's funny, John. I just bought uh, what did I get? I the first seven seasons on DVD, and I said, one <laughs> of these days, if I ever have some spare time, I'm going to go through and I'm just going to get a little snippet of every item that they have found mm. that's related to you know the Portuguese Columbus Sinclair era, you yep. know. And I bet you, if one was to go back through the the, uh, the show history, I've been all kinds of things. So when you really add it up, there's probably a, a, a huge mound of evidence that really points to that era. Yep. But a lot of things like after 11 years, uh, Jeffrey, um, we're still coming up with so many questions, so many still loose ends. I mean, they didn't even cancel out yeah. Smith's Cove yet. No, and this is just it. They're still looking, you know, they're for a piece of paper that said, oh, by the way, Christopher Columbus was here. No, I mean, I'm joking when I say that. But but yeah. that's what they're doing. They're still waiting and looking for that, just that number one thing that ties this all together, you know. I mean, there's there's so much evidence of that early timeline. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, good point, your, your your stone ramp, you know. What would that have been that, used for, right? Well, it would have been used to load and unload ships. So what right. were they doing well, with it? Well, you know, if the... Uh, but the uh, 
big thing I thought of last year, and even Corian Mall, you know, Corian, another friend of ours. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. That professor with the stars in Italy dated Nolan's Cross right. at 1200 AD. Right. And all of a sudden, you didn't hear nothing about that. You know what I mean? I thought that was a big thing well, from last year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things are aha moments. You know what I mean? They really are. You know, they 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 look for a lot of uh, content, if you want to call mm -hmm. it, for the show. So, I mean, there's a lot of you got to remember there's the treasure hunt and there's the show, right? Yeah. If all we saw was pieces of wood and stuff coming out of the ground, there'd be no show. It would have been you over a long time ago because nobody yep. cares, you know, about hearing about wood week in, week out, week in, week out. So they've got to, as a show, you have to tie in everything and then look at the collective. So when you yeah. look at the collective of what everybody, all the different researchers have brought, it, it kind of points to a certain direction, just like that goose pot. You know, it, it's yeah. pointing, it's pointing to a collective theory. And, and you know, I really think it is in that, you know, post-Templar uh, Chris Columbus era. I, what do you I think firmly of, believe What do you that. think of this well on the... Uh... Sam Ball's lot, this well that never freezes in the winter. What do you, what are your just ballpark figure of what the heck this thing's happening with? Well, the only reason it would not freeze in winter would be of gases, right? And don't forget, there was the tragedy on the same yep. sea island where the guys yep. went down, the rest alls, and they didn't come back up alive. So right. there are gases on that side of the island, 100% natural gases. That's the only reason why fresh water and or seawater in that quantity does not freeze. I mean, I live up here, I, I, I see it all the time. You've got pockets of fresh water that are frozen and then you've got a little pocket sitting next to it that is not frozen. Well, that's gases that come up. A lot of times it's methane. There, there's all kinds of different gases from, you know, the ocean floor. And and that well is, is pretty close to the ocean, as you can see. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell the distance in that, but it's not very far. So that could be fed, you know, from the ocean. But there's, there's obviously all kinds of gases in there. And it's kind of like... Uh, Remember when they poured the dye way back in the day? Oh, Not the one they yeah. showed us on TV, the dye test. Yeah. But but the old dye test from way back, and that's that's water going both ways, right? You know what yep. I mean? So, you know, so if you were to believe the old reports, then uh, then that would be, you know, just that. Then we got uh, gold in the baby blob on signatures in the water. Now, up there in Nova Scotia, as you know, yeah, you that's live there. Yeah. What's, I mean, that that's pretty cool, actually. I'm excited about that. Uh, the, uh, sorry, I'm just reading. Yeah, okay. Uh, no comments as they go by. Renee, thank you for that one. Uh, 
the gold in the water, I find very interesting. Okay. Um, now, there's a lot of mines in Nova Scotia. Right. Uh, there are gold mines relatively close. So there is naturally occurring gold. Um, but I think for Ian, Dr. Spooner, to get excited mm -hmm. about it, um, I think there's some legitimacy there. Uh, you know, I, I don't see Ian as an actor. I've, I've met the man. We, we actually have some history uh, in uh, previous lifetimes that we didn't know about. Um, no, I, that sounded weird. I just mean we both lived in the exact same place <laughs> twice in our careers. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want you to think, you know, I'm uh, – What's his name there? Uh, Top traveler guy. No. Uh, you know, we yeah, both worked like Louise at truck, the same right? time. Didn't know what you. What's that now? The dump truck full of silver. Remember that statement? The dump truck full of silver in the war yeah. room. Oh, my lordy yeah, 40. Exactly. It blew up my PMs like crazy. Yes. And, and like you said, but, you know, uh, it being there and finding it's two different things. So, well, in this half coin, this Roman half coin, now lot five, we haven't even gone through lot five yet. I guess they got that 13 foot impression that we're going to be looking at this year. But to get answers, I have yeah. no idea. Well, I think there's a lot going on in lot five, and uh, I think that's going to offer some pretty interesting stories. Uh, you know, the Roman coin, the half Roman coin. Uh, coins are unique in that, speaking of time travelers, that's what coins are. Okay. Yep. Now, when I found, you know, all this Spanish silver, uh, I was working. Okay. You know, that's dated 1766. Um, so were people on that island in 1766? Not necessarily. But what is unique is that I also found coins from 1780, uh, two coins from the 1780s, and one from 1814. So when you have four coins within like a 20 to 30-year period, you can surmise that they were there, obviously, in the newest date. So they were obviously mm -hmm. there in 1814. But the guy had coins in his pocket as old as 1766. Yep. So the Roman coin that was way, way old, does that mean they were there at that point in time? Not necessarily. Just means that right. somebody had one of those coins as a collector's item. And coins are coins. Uh, you know, Chris Columbus, one of his guys could have had that coin. Somebody from yep. 1300s could have had that coin. Any one of those guys could have been carrying around, you know, because old stuff to sailors and historians is cool. That's why we cool stuff. So, you know, there's always a good reason to have old coins kicking around. Yep. And this is the first time, Jeffrey, I've been doing this for many years, that their promo was the same promo right up till today no different promos from different areas of the island all in the garden shaft all in the garden shaft right. all in the garden shaft nowhere else like before that we used to get little snippets of what they're doing 
So I think this season uh, yeah, they're yeah. sort of trapped in either the garden shaft and the swamp. I don't know what other direction they'll be going to, you know, lot five on yeah. surface finds. But this is the first year out of 11 years I've been doing this that they just showed the same promo over and over. That tells me, well, who knows? I mean, 10 feet below that 82-foot mark, they were drilling into wood. That was the latest yeah. information we got from yeah. last season, that 10 feet below that 82-foot mark, they were drilling into wood. Right. So, you know, we got to yeah. go from no, that. Exactly. But uh, we're going to put the phone number up. Well, I have a, I have a feeling the garden shaft's going to turn out to be pretty darn important, actually. So, you know, I'm hoping uh, that one little thing they were looking for happens to show up. And I'm hoping it's uh, in the form of gold, which, you know, the promo was kind of indicating that it was. So well, maybe this, they found this glow, this glow of gold sunglasses and everything. Yeah. And, uh, it's just unbelievable. You, but you would think, here's my big spiel now. Holy Muyan! This is why we got the Muyan technology to pinpoint a spot, identify a spot, GPS that spot, and if viable, mine to that spot. We still didn't have anything yet. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, too. Um, they are the owners of the island. Right. But they own 12 inches of dirt. Anything below 12 inches is owned by the province. So, yeah. you know, that's why it took them so long to get the permits just to go down the shaft in the first place, right? Because, you know, and and so, you know, I don't know what kind of special permit they had to get for that, but you know, to your point where you find something, go after it. Well, it could take two years to get a permit to go after it. You know what I mean? I mean, they found stuff in the swamp. It encroached on heritage, right? Right. You know, Laird found the, the Migma artifacts, and look how fast that shut things down, right? You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. one thing to own the land. It's below 12 inches, you're on a whole can of worms yep but so john's figuring, flashing you know, the number so somebody get on the phone and i'm just saying we got the technology and that should be showed something or they edited out when they showed us the little bit of muon technology in the winter time at their office in michigan you know what i mean yeah no i agree so there's the call and my members you talk to these guys. Here's a cast member right here. Instead of you guys watching TV, talk to them yourself and just watch out if there's a little delay uh, when you're talking. So the first caller is sort of our sampler caller, Jeffrey. See how it goes? Sure. Can't wait to hear some questions. <laughs> One, three, two, three, eight, one, three, four, one. 45 minutes left to the drilling down at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we're pretty excited. Johnny. Hello, Renee. How are you? Hi there, Jeff. How are you? It's Renee Coddington. How are you? How are you, Renee? 
I'm excellent. I am so thrilled for tonight. I can't even begin to tell you. My family's really sick and tired of hearing about it, too. <laughs> Hold on a second. I couldn't hear you. Well, you got a question for him? I sure do. I would love to know, Jeff, are you aware of, of King René, who, who was also the Duc d'Anjou, who was also appointed temporarily King of Jerusalem and Normandy around the time that Christopher Columbus, before he actually, yeah, okay, okay, can you, can you expand on that for me, please? Well, they lost Jerusalem at 1288 is, is the only problem. So being the king of Jerusalem, the dates don't quite match for it was primarily King Baldwin from the time that and descendants. And one of them very much could be, you know, a, a Duke of Jew. But Jerusalem was lost finally at the Battle of Akron in 1288. So, and that predates, you know, Columbus by you know, almost 200 years. But that French line of people had control of Jerusalem at the time of the Templars. One little tidbit of history most people don't realize is that when they first conquered and took the city, they much set up. The, the king's throne in Jerusalem. It was they built a castle about halfway to Petra, Jordan, called Crac de Montreal. And in that castle, which is still there today, uh, that's where the actual king's seat was, which was quite remarkable. And in my recent show at the time was that the, the Templars um were actually looking for uh the ark of the covenant which i believe at the time was buried literally in petra jordan it had long since left uh, jerusalem and of course it disappeared off the map you know 300 years um uh, or uh, bc um uh, but at the same time the the Ark had been guarded successfully for 1,300 years, so they kind of knew what they were doing. And, and I've always been a strong believer that the Ark was whisked away long before the Romans uh, took over Jerusalem, and it was hidden in Petra. And Templars had knowledge of that. Um, you know, they, there's always the story I of agree. the Templars' temple. And what I think they found was, you know, evidence that the 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 artifacts, the the important religious artifacts, were actually in Petra, which is why they set up the uh, the castle, you know, halfway. It was just outside. It was only like forty miles from the lost city of Petra that this cracked in Montreal, which is where the king set up his thing. But like I said, the Duke of Anjou, um, I. I Recognize the name, not from Joe, but in my research. But they were descendants of, you know, the Baldwin crew that were there during the Crusades, which again, like I said, ended in. Didn't they? Renee, can you hear him, Renee? I can. I can hear him on my phone. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. 
But um, what I was kind of curious about was, didn't King Baldwin, that he went and fought with the Templars, I believe. He was off on crusade. And what they would do would, well, uh, the queen would either, um, you know, be queen consort while they were at battle, et cetera, and so forth. But I think, and I forget, and I believe it's through the uh, queen, uh, Woodville. Uh, he was connected with her. Um, and at some point, and I'm confused and I don't have my research in front of me. I apologize. I just got home from work, but it's something connecting with that. And he was just kind of appointed. It was very short term, but that's where, uh, anyway, I'd have to be more specific. I apologize for that. And thank you. You gave me a lot of great information yeah. there. Thank you. That explained well, the, line, thank you the original. Yeah. Well, that was a good question, uh, Jeffrey. Yeah, I, I love that because a lot of people don't uh, uh, story. Um, you know, the original king, the very first king, only lasted like twelve years, and uh, and then the whole Baldwin clan, if you want to call it, uh, and the descendants all took over after that. And one thing that was always curious is, you know, Rome. Uh, the Pope sent his uh, uh, people, you know, down to say, "Okay, now that you've taken over. Are you gonna are you gonna hand the the, the kingdom of Jerusalem over to us? I mean, mm. we paid for it. We financed you. Where's the kingdom? And it was yep. never given up. The Baldwin never gave it up. Now you got to remember there was also two factions of the Catholic Church: the East Church and the West Church, and they wouldn't give it to anyone. So you have to wonder." Well, why? I mean, the churches, it, the, the the Crusades were the Pope called for a holy war. Well, you used the Pope is what I think, and I think very much uh, more than just eleven knights that decided they'd go on a. Uh, I think they were tied in much, much more. And I, I think they went in search of the religious artifacts. And, of course, the Templars way back then were also Mary Magdalene believers, right? Like they mm -hmm. they were, you know, always Mary Magdalene, uh, Sancta Mary, uh, has always been important throughout the years. And that dates back to, you know, the overthrow of, of well, long before the overthrow of Jerusalem, but you know Christ time. So it, it's it's a big story, and there's so much that you don't see every day until you really start getting into the history books, archives, and and that's one thing that I I love about it, which is why I spent so much time doing it. And apparently, if I'm number three, I'm going to have to get back at it. I'm going to have to you know polish up. Yep, well, the phone lines are open, guys. Talk to Jeffrey Irving yourself. Be the second caller or third caller. We got time. We have time. Come on, Daniel, you and, must have uh, a question for me. Give me something. But, uh, and Jeffrey, you still believe the Ark of the Covenant is buried at Oak Island as of today. November 7th, 2023. Well, you, you, just, you, you just put me on the spot. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what Pretty I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted yeah. to hear. Uh, if you remember the show, which, yeah, if you remember the exact verbiage of the show, okay, I mean, it's been on between repeats and theory shows, you know, uh, all the exact same 30 second clip, but, you know, it is old Hello. Christopher Columbus was responsible for. For the Oak Island, or for the Arctic Covenant, coming to Oak Island. Hello, you're on the, the line with uh, me and Jeff. Who is this? Yeah, my name's Ray. Oh. Uh, anyway, um, uh, I, I just tuned in. Uh, I've watched the History Channel over the years. Okay. And there's been histories on the Knights Templar and... Uh, Jerusalem uh, and everything else, right? And um, I, I think that uh, based on history's channels, history and other stuff I've watched, that in my thoughts, mm -hmm. that Ark of the Covenant could actually be in Indonesia. And he might want to respond to this. I'm not going to keep you long. Okay, thank I you. Don't think... Thank you very much. Have a great night. Oh, you too now. Thanks. So, John, I heard half that. But in a nutshell, he said he thinks he saw somewhere at the Ark might be in Indonesia. Correct? You got it. He wants your response on that question. Correct. Okay. Well, no, I don't believe it, uh, simply because it's too important of an artifact. It's like the story that the Ark was stolen and is in that temple in Nigeria, I think, Yeah, was the yeah, latest. And they that. still swear that it's in this temple in Nigeria. Um, no, absolutely not. The uh, The... The Ark Covenant and the re other religious artifacts um, far too important to have been left in Nigeria. I mean, at the time, um, Jerusalem was a pretty powerful state. Uh, they'd won a lot of wars. Uh, they had protected the Ark for 1,300 years. So uh, they didn't just let, you know, the Queen of Nigeria, if I think that's the Bible, where he steal it, and away she went to Nigeria. No, they would have gotten it back. Uh, Ethiopia, sorry. Yes, Daniel, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I knew Nigeria was not right. Um, but to me, it has to be protected. Um, Oak Island was a very good place to protect it for a while. Mm -hmm. Did I ever say... It was still there. No, I didn't say that. I said Christopher Columbus was responsible for the mm -hmm. Ark coming to Oak Island. Do I think it is still there today? Um, no, I, 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 I really don't. Um, I, I believe it is elsewhere. And John, I think you and I have had that conversation yeah. before. So thanks for the setup. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, because there's no point for it to be there anymore. Are there... The Ark of the Covenant, the only thing that ever set foot on um, 
Oak Island. No, I think there was all kinds of treasure on Oak Island. Is there still more sitting there? Yeah, I, I believe that. I think they're still. Uh, I, I I think they're still uh, going to find some things, and and hopefully, you know, they point in the right direction. I don't think there's one arc, and I think they always kept it moving it. Yes, that's what I think too, Renee. They moved it. Uh, like I said, I believe it was hidden in Jordan for years, and I think it was in on Oak Island for years. But then as soon as the New World uh, was established, uh, mid-1600s, right, mm -hmm. you know, there was a good stronghold uh, on uh, North America, and civilization was starting to grow, I think. Hello, you're on live with John and Jeff. What do you got for Jeff? Hey, John, this is Stacy Beck. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, Stacy, how are you? I'm fine. Um, Hi, Stacy. is for Jeff. Jeff. Hi. Um, if you take a look back centuries ago with King David when he brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, and Uzziah reached out to touch that ark as it as the um they were carrying the ark through and it was protected by god and when uzziah reached up to touch that ark he was struck dead so what if the ark is protected like that what and why do you think that it was actually removed from Jerusalem? What um, research have you found that could possibly lead that it was actually moved from Jerusalem? Because if it's protected by God, I don't know if it can actually be removed from Jerusalem unless it's okay, you know, from the Father. So what information have you found that it could possibly have been moved Well, Stace, it's the problem with the Bible, okay, and there's one right there, um, is that it, it serves two purposes. It, it serves as a belief system for many around the world. Uh, that choose to believe, you know, all the that are discussed in the Bible, but it also serves as somewhat of a historical record. Most historians, uh, learned, you know, professors and, and historians draw a, a fine line between Theology, the theological part of it and the historical part of it. Um, to simplify your, your question, the ark protected by God, that open statement, and I, and I don't disagree with that statement, but at the same time, those that would die. Um, that's a great story to put out there to keep people from trying to steal it. But it yeah. didn't stop any Romans from Jerusalem, okay? Historical point of view, we are Jerusalem many times. Um, and so from a theology point of view, it could be touched by some and not others. 
but at the same time, um, it could definitely be moved out of Jerusalem. Um, Jerusalem did not protect the ark. Jerusalem was the home of the people uh, that supposedly possessed. Uh, who's to say, giving, giving the theological some credence, that the person that moved the ark wasn't like David or wasn't like one of the others who literally moved the ark in the Bible. So if one can move it, you know, a chosen one could move it. So stay neutral with your question. That's about as good an answer as I can give a historian. Um, I choose more of the historical narrative, uh, the biblical narrative. Okay, but but that's just a, a choice for research. And when, you, when your truth lies in the motivation of the people writing the history. Okay, so if I have. Um, okay, case point, if I have a Christian and I have a non-Christian professor writing the same story there's going to be different story because it's how they want to present the story aren't right or wrong we don't know because we weren't there so as historians we have to look at both sides of the story uh, a probability of what really happened you know what I mean? Like, you know, if did they melt the minute they touched the ark? You know what I mean? That's that's a little dodgy for my belief system. You know, if I can say it that way. So, you know, I, I do choose to believe that the ark was moved. I guess that's the simplest way I can answer that. How was that, Stacy? <laughs> I'm sorry. I put a question at you um all we know for sure is that the last person no that's not that, if you're going to talk about history and you're going to you talk know, about the article and, covenant you have to be prepared for that kind of question right. so there's absolutely nothing wrong with that oh yeah yeah so i guess my the the i just stick with my own theory the last person that had that ark of the covenant was king solomon and josephus he he was um, a historian back then, and Mark, you know, did all, you know, kept ledgers of the history back there, and even that was the last time that it was seen. Um, I still think it's in Jerusalem. You know, that's that's my opinion. But as far as as it being taken out, mm -hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But um, thank you for answering. Okay, thank you, Stacy. Very good. I think it, I think it was <laughs> made for the. Bye -bye. I, I think it was moved just for the purpose of protecting it. That's all. Right, right. Questions, keep them coming. We're getting closer. That was a good question, John. And I yeah. And I, and I appreciate that question. My members are to deep. To Dan, Jeff, my members go deep. I don't know. Okay, best brother, missing work. Could it be a Jewish pub? Also possible. Exactly. Don't forget. Yeah. Muslims or is the Islamic nation 
and for many, many, many hundreds of years. Well, 1288 forward, actually, if we want, if we want to count the tail of the tape. So, you know, it would make sense to hide, you leave your artifacts underneath your bed. Because if you know somebody's coming down the road to rob you, you ain't going to leave your gold in the freezer or underneath the bed. That's the first place you're going to look. So that's why I believed it had been moved to Petra, Jordan, in a secret location. Don't forget, not nobody knew about Petra, the lost city of Petra, for hundreds of years. Literally hundreds right. of years. It was an unknown. Because, Jeffrey. you know, the cavity going into that place is, is yes, what about as far as them knowing they're going to come and invade to make fakes of this stuff and the original stuff is yep. gone? Oh, 100%. 100%. It, that, that even says that in the Bible. Uh, 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 I want to say jo jo Joshua. Oh man, sorry, but don't worry it, about it. it. Is Phone lines are open, guys. That it states right in there. Either Joshua or one of them, when he hid, when he hid the artifacts on the mm -hmm. mountain because Jerusalem was about to be attacked by somebody, made copies, and he put the copies in the temple, mm -hmm. so that when they came and sacked the temple, they thought leaving they had the good stuff when in fact they had fakes. So, and, and that's right in there. I, I, I really have to go, but that's in there. And because I went on that, I bought her this nest and, and this is when I was knee deep doing research, 20, you know, every day. And my daughter Hello, said, oh, I lost that necklace. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. Jewelry. And yeah, then costume jewelry. Boom. This is the Oak Island Show. You're talking to Jeff Irving. You're talking to the whole world right now. Really? That's amazing. I think the Ark of the Covenant is the, uh, and the biblical story of the Exodus is the real deal. And uh, I've been working on that for a while. I, I guess you could say I'm one of the unknown members of the group trying to solve the mystery. Okay. And uh, and I think I've solved the mystery of the Exodus. I think I know when it happened. I know where it happened. I know the who the Pharaoh was. And these are all mysteries to everybody. Hmm. And I even think I know where the ark came from. But uh, please talk to Jeff. Uh, you're way over my head. Pardon? Please talk to Jeff. Yeah, Irving. no, I... Uh... I know. I think I know where he's going with this. Right in there with you. Personally, I think Moses was the Pharaoh, and Moses is the one that created the Ark of the Covenant. Moses is the one that wandered in the desert. Uh, Valley uh, Wadi Musa is down in Jordan, which is where Moses went. So, you know, I think you, it, I don't want to burst your bubble, but uh, unless you've got something that I just didn't say, or you can expand on it, but. Uh, um, you know, there's writers out there that firmly believe that Moses was was actually um, the Pharaoh and uh, and not, you know, the adopted son, if you want to call it that. So, uh, but that's a whole other, you know, uh, can of worms, if you don't mind me using the expression. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's...
literally, I think Petra is a major player in this. And uh, and, I, and I'm sorry, Carl, I, I did not get your name, and I only got parts of what you said, but that sounded like where you were going. I it, It's very difficult to hear you. It does not come through clearly. You get uh, my name is Davis. My name is Davis, and uh, and I've been working on this mystery for a long time. Okay. And I believe I've re I've reinterpreted already found evidence, archaeological evidence that is known, and I just have reinterpreted it, and it's just not being looked at it the right way. Okay, just and having a rough time answer, hearing you. The answers are yes. It's it's not. There's a bad connection here. Okay. I have a very difficult time. Uh, it's not coming through clear. You want a telephone or you want a laptop, uh, Davis? I'm on a cell phone, Apple. Okay. Well, for some reason, Jeffrey's up there in uh, Nova Scotia, and sometimes some connections just doesn't make it as clear as others. I'm so sorry, Davis. Well... I got a lot of stuff here. I'm not sure what to do with it all. I hear uh, you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, what I've uh, Davis, Davis, uh, Jeffrey Irving. I'm on Facebook. Feel free to send me a, a note, and you know we can talk about it. You know. Yeah, send uh, uh, Jeffrey a Irving on Facebook we can your information. Talk. Yeah, we, okay. we can have a chat. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Davis. Thank you. But all right, phone lines are still open. We're getting hot here, but we're, like this. we only got 18 minutes this, to go, guys. You guys are doing shows. great. We uh, 18 minutes to go like to drilling awesome, down. John. Oh, we got one bad connection. Like right? this. Um, you know, you get callers in with such yeah, and, and we get callers with such varied ideas. I, I love it. It's like the girl uh years old now that first put me on to she asked me a question she said what makes the ho stone the ho stone why couldn't it be the oh stone yeah. <laughs> and you know as i looked at a, a book in my hand you know the order of the hospital the order of the hospital tell yay hold on just a sec buddy. Oh, you gotta get Yeah, guys, sometimes we get a good connection. You know, it all depends how far the caller is away. Hello. Hey, it's Ray again. So you get. What does Jeff actually in the money pit and does it exist? What was that question? What does Jeff, Jeffrey, think is actually in the money pit? And what does, does Jeff think of the money pit? What is in the money pit? What do you think is in the money pit? Thank you, Ray. Uh, Thank you. What what I think is left in the money pit. Yeah. Does it exist? Yeah, I, I do yeah. think it existed. Uh, I think the money pit has been uh, long, um, long destroyed, probably. Uh, the Dunfield excavation alone was sacramental. And I think there's more to that story, too. 
personally, I think the most important aspects of the treasure, um, the artifacts, I think they're, I think they're long gone. Uh, I think what they're searching for right now is answers mm-hmm. and remnants. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping they find some leftovers. Yeah. Use that term loosely. That's what I'm hoping they find. Um, do I believe the mass treasure is still there? No. And simply for the reason there's not one logical reason for it to still be there. Okay. Um, if Captain Cook buried a treasure, sailed out to sea, uh, and his boat sank in a storm, that's one thing. Um, but I don't think Captain Cook dug a hole in the ground 200 feet, layers every 10 feet, and built booby traps. I think this is a much bigger operation. Who had the skill set for that? The Templars. But building it and leaving it is two different things altogether. I don't believe it was ever left. I think it was removed. Like I said, I think what they're looking for at this point are remnants and or some sort of evidence to say, yes, the Templars were here. Or the nope. guardians. I don't. I don't even like the word Templars. I like the word guardians. Okay, uh, because Templars is a little too narrow. You know, I, I think it's a, a a much broader organization. I, I like the term guardians simply because it includes more than just the Templars. Right. We'll take one more call before we end it up here until we go into my two-hour craziness from eight to ten. Jeff, I thank you so much for doing this. We'll take one more call. Who's the last caller to talk to Jeffrey Irving? I love these call-in shows. I'm glad 99% of them can hear you and you can hear them, Jeff. Yeah, we're doing well. 323-813-4135. You got 10 minutes left. Yes. Come on down. uh, Daniel, hit me with your best question. What always strikes me too, I'm Jeff, is for the money pit season, John. Uh, yep. In the in the money pit, if you want to retrieve it, why would you put everything back and fill it up? You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, unless there's a back door. <laughs> <laughs> like most oh, things, there's always a back door, John. I just haven't found oh. the back door. If you, if you can build all these tunnels, you can build a back door. <laughs> I know. I know. So it's unbelievable. So we'll give you another yeah, five minutes. Miners. Don't forget, you know. Yeah. Yeah. When you look back at, you know, the age of mining and everything else, they all had that knowledge. They, they just did. Uh and they still use it. So, you know, they very much had the technology in the time to, to do what they did. And, you know, if correct, um, say 1500, because I, I believe we're talking about a period from probably 1494 to 15 is where I think the time frame for the depositors. Hello, you got the last call right here. Yeah, I was uh, just wondering, 
if the water tests that they've been doing on Oak Island are accurate, and they are picking up trace of silver and gold, that says that there still has to be something there. Yeah. Also, um, wouldn't it be likely that there is actually more than one treasure buried on Oak Island? Oh, 100%. I definitely believe there's more than one. Oh, God, yeah. No, I, I think, like I said, remember when I said Templars was too narrow on, say, I, I think that island has been in use for quite a number of years. I've always considered the island a bank vault for those in the know. You know, every pirate, well, pirate, privateer is a better word, or explorer had his due duty to take gold back home to the king. Well, if you belong to a certain club, you want to take all the gold home to the king, you're going to use a bank. Well, who invented banking? The Templars. Mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. to me, Oak Island has always been a glorified bank vault. And so it has been used. That's why they that's why they find so many things from so many different time periods. Every hundred right. years is included. So like how post. old this was? I'm talking about when the art came. I've never mentioned when I thought it was constructed. Nobody's hmm. ever asked that question because I think it was constructed much earlier. So, you know, I, I think that the island has just been well used and that mm -hmm. we find things from so many different time periods. And that's why if they're still finding trace silver and gold, there is still something there. I'm talking about the Ark of the Covenant. That's my focus. And I think it I think him and has left. Whether I'm right or wrong, who knows? So all right, we got a couple of people to say hello, uh, Jeffrey. Are you ready? This is Carmen Leg, the blacksmithing expert oh, yeah. in the Curse of Oak Island. I just want to say that the uh, upcoming opening show of this season's Ashley. Curse of Oak Island oh, will be in uh, early November, and I just want everybody to uh, be tuned in. we got some exciting things happening this year, and uh, hopefully uh, everybody will enjoy it again. Uh, thank you, John, for doing all you do for you in, uh, on this podcast, and... and uh, Hope everybody enjoys it, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Thanks, John. Bye. Did you see Carmen, uh, Jeffrey? Did you hear Carmen? Yes, I did. Yes, I okay, did. Okay, now I got Very another one. Man. Ready? You got another one. Yes. Hold on. Here we go. No worries. Here it is, another rainy night in Nova Scotia. And tonight in the States, you're going to see the first of season 11 of The Curse of Oak Island. Thanks, John, for all the support over the years. And hopefully we'll see you up here next year for a Salty Dog Sea Tour. Take care and enjoy the season. Thank you all for watching. Bye for now. We got Tony, we got Carmen, and we got one more that I always can depend on, Jeffrey. Not only you, but these other three are always supportive of me. And uh, this one's a special one. Are you ready, Jeffrey? Yes. Hello, John. It's Joan McGinnis. 
John, I am so excited, looking forward to this season, The Curse of Oak Island. John, something tells me that this is the season we have been waiting for. Because the brothers, always destined for success, are going to give us an e-ticket ride. Secrets will be revealed, questions answered, and treasures uncovered. That's what I think. Love you, John. Enjoy the ride. Bye for now. Joan McGinnis, awesome. what a sweetheart. Isn't she, Jeff? Yeah, she's the greatest. All right, Jeff. Well, I want to thank you so, so much for coming on on this premiere pre-show for the Quest of Oak Island, for the uh, Curse of Oak Island's 11th season. Please stay in the staging area for two or three minutes after I say my goodbyes. And uh, I thank you so much, and I thank my members for great questions. Go ahead, Jeff, if you want to say your goodbyes. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure being on your show, John. You know, we have history together, and, uh, you know, the sad part is if they find something soon, we'll have nothing to talk about. So we'll have to come up with a new show or something, John. But uh, hopefully, I, I think if there's any Masonic thing at all, they'll do 13 seasons because that's the magic number, right? 13. So, I love you know, that. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, to everybody, I always appreciate your questions, and I love the support that you've shown, John, over the years. Daniel, I love the fact that you've taken over Compendium. I apologize. You hit me for some Columbus Day stuff, but I was on vacation, and no, my girlfriend did not allow me near a computer for 10 straight days. So that's the reason for that. But no, just thank you. And uh, everybody, you're always welcome to reach out. Don't forget to check out the Oak Island Life. It's all free material that you can read. Thank you, Jeffrey. All right, guys, what do you think of that? Don't forget, we'll be on tomorrow night at 6.45 for our podcast about this two-hour show tonight. Judy will be with me with her synopsis, getting it right back into it. I don't even know how I lasted this long. But remember, members, always go forward. You may get a setback in your life, but just believe in yourself. You believe in your dreams, no matter how old you are, for tomorrow is a never given. With this crazy, crazy world we live in, it's just unbelievable. Hold on. You keep smiling. You stay safe. And as Jan says, you stay strong, you stay positive. Keep that positivity going. Thank you for joining me and Jeffrey tonight. We'll see you tomorrow at 645 on Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you. Take care. And bye-bye.